Hello, friends, and welcome to episode six of the Looking at Stamps podcast. Today, I chat with Graham Beck, the creator of the highly successful YouTube channel, Exploring Stamps. Currently, he has over 13,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel and is in the process of taping his third season of the show. You can easily find his channel and his videos by searching the words Exploring Stamps on YouTube. You can also follow him on Instagram under Exploring Stamps and on Twitter at Exploring Stamps. I have been a fan of Graham for quite a while and hopefully my over-exuberance doesn't get in the way. I now introduce you to Graham Beck from Exploring Stamps. Welcome to the Looking at Stamps podcast. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, and Hi, so, well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to, to chat. Oh, I'm a great fan of yours, and so I hope that doesn't come across too much in our episode. And, oh, I, start ra- and I start rambling <laughs> on, but, uh, but I, am, I am a fan, and we're going to talk about your Exploring Stamps uh, YouTube channel um, in, uh, as well as your collection and your collecting uh, stamps. So uh, first – First, we're going to start off with the lightning round. Of course, uh, you haven't seen these questions. You don't know what's coming, but these are all in your wheelhouse. So I think you're going to to do five. So favorite restaurant meal? Go for the classic hamburger um, with Swiss cheese. That's it. Okay. Favorite time of day? Ooh, I'm a morning person. Uh, Right as the sun's rising. Okay. Same here. I'm very much a morning person. Uh, when you're driving, what song will automatically get you to sing along? <laughs> oh, anything that's classic rock. Uh, okay. From Foreigner or Cheap Trick, something like that. That has a good, that has a good verse or two. That, uh, yeah, that, anything along those lines. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay. What new city or country would you like to visit? Uh, that I haven't yet. Anywhere in China or India. Those are uh, anywhere. Um, so I'd love to visit. Um, like Shanghai, for instance. I haven't been there. I haven't made my way out there. I just want to go. Have you ever been to Hong Kong? No. I yeah. would love to. Yeah, I think that, that you would really enjoy that city as well. Um, and if you could only send one piece of correspondence, who would it go to and what stamp would you use? To, to anyone in the world? Yep, anyone. Oof, this is a good one. Um... Jeez, you stumped me here. Okay. Um, I would actually probably send it to one of my best friends. You know what? Because that, that's important. I would send it to a best friend, and um, he's located in Germany, and I would probably include a stamp of the Brooklyn Bridge, which he has a fond memory of. So uh, that's what I would do. The Brooklyn Bridge stamp, which I think you're very, you use quite often on your correspondence as well. I do, I do, especially now that the international rates have gone up to $1.20. I can use the dollar stamp and that Brooklyn Bridge stamp. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so it, it's a great combination of stamps. But, yes, I, I do use that, that any New York stamp I use, uh, which is a nice segue into your, your uh, exploring stamp series because one of my favorite series, uh, that you did, one of your, my favorite episodes was the uh, World's Fair, the New York World's Fair episode wow. that you did. And, uh, and so I'm a big collector of New York stamps. And I sit, now, I collect stamps to send them out on postage. So 
I tend to go for stamps that I can still use rather than stamps that are already used. But how did the Exploring Stamps series come about? Um, you're in season three now, I believe, correct? That's correct. And you just finished episode 17 of, of series three. That was That's the cricket. Right. That was right. the cricket one, absolutely. Right. So yeah. there's, uh, there's a good three more left of season three. I'm actually editing uh, right now before you called on, on episode 18. But the, the, series, um, the series began, believe it or not, it was a Christmas morning in 2016, and I recently discovered my, rediscovered my stamp collecting uh, albums that I had as a child. And I had been flipping through them in the, in the weeks uh, prior and showing them to my family, and I had realized that I really knew nothing about philately and stamp collecting when I did it as a child. It was just really collecting stamps and putting them in an album alphabetically from countries. You know? Australia, Albania shared page one, and then Zambia and Zimbabwe were the last page, right? So I was looking through them and didn't really understand much about the stamps. Came Christmas morning, I was sitting with my family, and uh, I, again, I had uh, my stamps out, and um, we pulled a stamp out at random, and it was Marion of France. And I actually did not know who this was. I did not know anything. I, I had to guess it was France. I saw RF in it, maybe this Republic of France. And I was looking at this time for something to motivate me to, to make a YouTube channel. I was experimenting with cameras and, and editing software. And this started to really pique my curiosity with this whole stamp uh, world that I had rediscovered. And what I did was I simply typed into Google French blue stamp woman's face. <laughs> That's it. I, I just Googled that and bam, I found out who she was in seconds, that she was a major um, symbol for the French Revolution, the second French Revolution, uh, that she has appeared in a number of uh, references around the world, that her hat is a Phrygian cap and is on my uh, New Jersey state seal, uh, that, and it's a symbol of freedom, uh, that Papa Smurf wears a Phrygian cap. Oh, my, my mind was just blown by how much I learned from one stamp and one Google search that just sent me down a rabbit hole. And uh, it took me several hours to really uh, appreciate everything that I had just realized from a little piece of paper. And that's when I had the moment saying, there's a YouTube show. What if I was taking a stamp at random from this massive... Uh, collection of stamps that I could actually now just throw into a box and pull them out at random and reorganize them. Forget the countries. Let's organize them based on what I learned and throw it on the table. And each episode is me trying to figure out what's the stamp mean? What can I learn from it? And um, what, what adventure can I go on? No, I, I agree. And it's, and it's a tribute to you. You have over 10,000 subscribers now to your YouTube channel. Uh, which is just boggles my mind, uh, and it just you know is is a, a testimony to your work and what what you actually do. I've, of course, I have my favorites. Like I said, the the New York World Fair. I really enjoyed the, uh, the tea episode, the Ceylon episode. I never knew what Ceylon or where Ceylon was until I saw it on your on your uh, your episode. And uh, the Zeppelin episode is another one of my favorites. Uh, but I do want to give you really great props for your episode 16, which was the Operation Cornflakes. Wow, which, yeah. 
which deals with a very difficult topic. And the way that you approach it was just amazing in what you had to say about you know, difficult topics and our purpose as philatelists in history and of savers of history. Uh, we don't have – and that you get to choose what you want to collect. And I think that was the great message of that as well, that if that's something that you don't want to deal with, then just don't collect it. Uh, and so you just handle that difficult topic very, very well, and I, I commend you on that uh, as well. Yeah, thank you, Russ. That, that episode made me lose a bit of sleep leading up to it because I, it was a difficult topic. I, I had written about five or six different scripts trying to figure out a way to present this because of the sensitivity of the issue. And the, I had met a number of philatelists who were almost like these, you've got to be careful how you say it, they were, they were secret admirers of philately from the Second World War. And they were almost ashamed that they collected stamps from Nazi Germany. They, they completely were in, uh, in love with the history element of it and what they could teach them. And, and, uh, but at the same time, for, for obvious reasons, it is a sensitive subject. So it was something I wanted to make sure that we could really address, that people could be comfortable with collecting. It is, uh, like you say, it's, it's, it's an important piece that you could either choose to collect or not choose to collect. You can avoid it at all. Uh, by all means, you can step away from subjects that, that make you uncomfortable. But it is important to realize that it's real history and that there's some serious lessons to learn from it. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. Well, and it already has, I think, over 13,000 views, and that was released uh, two months ago, I think. That's so correct. So it, it, yeah. it's definitely hit a mark because I have a couple of those Hitler stamps in my collection, and it just it, it, bring, it brings your shoulders back and brings you upright when you flip through that and actually see them. Um, Absolutely, and it, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I, I just think that the way that you approach that, uh, the, that uh, episode is called Operation Cornflakes. It talks about uh, the Third Reich and way, uh, stamps and propaganda. And, that, that was, and that's the other thing uh, that I really enjoy is just the learning lesson that you can learn so much more than just stamps uh, by watching your channel. Um, and it's just, for example, um, my, one of my favorites, because you did two episodes, that, two, or two of my favorites, because they're, they're current topics of mine that uh, are the uh, pen cancels, uh, mm. which, is a, which is an unmarked uh, uh, episode. So it's not an official episode, just something Correct. that it's you – Correct. It's a five, right, five right. video, yeah. And then your postmarks and cancels right. episode as well. And that – I'm trying to convince people that philately is this large umbrella that encompasses so many things that you can find something in philately to collect or to enjoy. It doesn't have to be stamps. It could be first aid covers. It could be first aids of issues. It could be the postcards. I'm a postcard collector. So it could be you know, the prepaid postcards. So there's so much to enjoy about philately that we don't have to be boxed into the small person sitting in their library looking through albums of pasted pieces of paper onto you know, an album page. Oh, absolutely. So, and I didn't understand that at all when I started this adventure back in 2016. I thought stamp collecting was about stamps and albums. I had no true um, appreciation for how large philately is. Like you say, 
it's an umbrella, so many pieces to it. So, um, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. So talking about your stamps, you, you talked to us about this, these albums that you had as a child and that you collected uh, stamps as a child. What is your most fondest memory as a child in, in collecting these stamps? I had this giant atlas, uh, this Reader's Digest giant atlas that I used to open up, lie on the floor, and the stamps would teach me about places that are far away from where I, where I was. I used to pull out stamps, where is Borneo? And flip through the pages and look for it, find it in the back of the album, in the back of the atlas, I could read up a little bit about what, where Borneo is and what country it belongs to and all those pieces to it. So it was an introduction to the world uh, before we had uh, the internet at, at the scale we have it today. It was a way of learning about far distant places or even your very own country that you're growing up in. Uh, what are these animals or these flowers and, and um, who are these people that are being represented on stamps? But the geographic component was probably my uh, biggest um, excitement uh, around around collecting stamps at my younger age. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I'm trying to do as well. I have a uh, uh, a charity called uh, Postcards for Good, and we're trying to I'm trying to get philately and postcards into the curriculum just for these reasons. You know, having international mail sent to these schools from different countries, and then the children can go and find out about what's represented on the postcard. Why is that person on a particular postage stamp? So I think that the, that knowledge and that broadening of the world is so important and that we that is something that we can do in philately uh, and to make, you know, to continue philately into future generations, uh, which we're going to get to a little bit later. But Absolutely. But, uh, how many, tell us about your collection. How many stamps, stamp albums, how do you store them? I, you know, it, it always it always makes me grin to see you dump out your box of of canceled stamps on your desk and <laughs> and just pick one from the pile. You know, I've always enjoyed watching that part of the episode. But what tell us about your collection? So I think I have about twelve albums uh, that are actually kind of organized, and then I've got a large mass of stamps. I'm talking about thousands upon stamps. Um, uh, and, and they vary. I have stamps that are, of course, duplicates, um, damaged and torn stamps. I have, of course, then perfect mint stamps or and plenty of used stamps. So it, my whole collection is very wide at this moment. Um, and I haven't really discriminated any kind of stamp. I've kind of kind of hoarded a bit. I've brought in any kind of stamp that, that counts. Uh, I, I put it into my albums or into my box that I've been using to actually lead my episodes. Now, the way I collected, I used to collect in the past based on country, um, but I, I stepped back away from that. And I do have two topics that I collect, uh, one of which I've, I've introduced already in, in my show, uh, cricket, it's a sport I used to play, and I also uh, collect rhino stamps. Um, but from a perspective of how I like to collect in general is based on story. So I'm now into learning about a particular uh, topic or a particular event and building a collection that really 
summarizes it well. For instance, I have uh, in one of my episodes is about Ella uh, Fitzgerald, a, a singer, and that led me to collect um, Black Heritage stamps. But of course, in that album, I'll include Marilyn Monroe, and I found that she was a fantastic uh, contributor to Ella's success uh, in in her singing career. So. My album wouldn't just include Black Heritage, it would include Marilyn Monroe uh, to, to help round out the story that tells um, the, the success of Ella Fitzgerald. So it, it's about the story to me. I find that the most exciting piece of stamp collecting today. And there's no rules behind it. There's no, you know, stay within the lines. You can build the story out how you'd like. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the beautiful things about what you do on on your episodes is that it is it is a story from start to finish and and your location shots and and your and the way that you build that story really really is remarkable. And how long does an episode take you to tape? Uh, from let's say from when you get the idea to where you collect, or do you based upon things you already have and then get the idea from the stamp that you already have, or do you get an idea and then search out those stamps for the series? So uh, from beginning to end, it's several months. But in, if you were to put it in hours, we're looking at about 120 hours on clocking for a video. So how it works is um, I identify the subject, uh, and that's nine times out of ten. It's actually using a stamp that's out of my, my box. And then the weeks that follow, I'll have multiple of these stamps that are that I've pulled and recognized what the topic is, but I'll spend time researching. I'll be researching multiple of them for several weeks, Googling, going to, uh, getting books out of the library, um, watching videos and documentaries. All of this is going on at the same time. Then when it's actually the time to start focusing on the episode, I will have, of course, ordered stamps through eBay to help build out my story. I'll assemble the, all these stamps together, and um, I will commit to building out a script which can take uh, a few days to knock it around, build it up, uh, read it to some of my family uh, to make sure that it makes sense to them, so I bounce off ideas uh, from them. And then the filming, which is actually my least favorite part of this whole process, is talking to a camera. Not very comfortable with it, even though I've done it multiple times now. It, memorizing lines isn't my you know, it doesn't it doesn't work with me, but it takes that takes multiple uh, goes before I get enough of the footage to be right to then put it into my uh, editing software, and then that uh, can take probably about four days of committed work to edit it uh, the way I see fit. So it's a it's a tiring effort, but it's 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 it pays off in the end. Well, it it does, and and you know we would never. I mean, I've was a former performer, so I understand your discomfort at being in the camera and things like that. But it doesn't show, and that's you know if, if you know you don't need me to, to blow smoke, but it just you know it doesn't show, and you you look very comfortable uh, on camera, and you do it well, uh, and I think that's part of your commitment and your belief in what you're saying that it, it carries. So uh, I, I think that would be the least of, of your worries. You know, uh, it's just it's just such an informative show and you can tell that you enjoy what you're doing uh which makes it even more enjoyable um so i just wanted to give you props for that and i also Thank wanted to that. tell you i just wanted to tell you as well that i on my i have a instagram 
Instagram channel that in my series is called Looking at Stamps, and it's based upon your series, actually, that I want to do something visual like you, uh, but I didn't want to you know, cross paths with you because uh, I couldn't do what you do. Um, it's just the, the, the history and the time that you spend on and the quality of your episodes are, are just so outstanding. I wanted to do something similar. So what I do is just talk about stamps and just show stamps so that people can see what stamps are out there. When I have my collection, if they wanted to add them to their own collection, they can do that. And so I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for you and your show. So I just wanted to, to give you props for that oh, as well. Thank you, Russ. Well, I'm a viewer of one of, uh, of – I'm one of your viewers, and I fully enjoy your show because it also keeps me up to date with some, some of the current stuff that's going on. Uh, but you actually drill down into a lot more details that I often overlook. And, uh, you know, you, you, it, it, I really appreciate that. So I, I, while I take one angle where I'm, I'm skimming through stuff, you drill down to some details that, that, are, that are fascinating and bring out different lights about the stamp. Uh, so I encourage everyone to, to watch your show uh, just as much. Yeah, no, it's just – and it's a different view of stamps. So once again, this whole thing – you know, I, I keep on telling people that there's no way for one person to know everything there is to know about stamps. And the only way for you to know about stamps is either to do the research or have someone show you. And that's what you and I are doing just from different angles. But it's just that, you know, if you want this particular theme of stamp or if you want an orange stamp, you know, or if you want the historical nature of a stamp that uh, between, uh, between our two shows, they can find something that they can enjoy. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So now uh, we get towards the end. What is, um, what is the prize or best stamp in your collection or your catalog? Mine would be the 1980 uh, Red Monkey stamp from China, uh, featuring the monkey from the uh, Chinese Zodiac. Um, I'm in love with the stamp. One, it is expensive. That is my, my most expensive stamp in my collection. But it's also a very good quality stamp. That It's one of those that you just take out and you look at now and then <laughs> and admire it and then put it away. You just continually do this. <laughs> and I think you, you did do uh, an episode on... Zodiac, a Chinese Zodiac stamp, did you not? Do you have absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was my chance to flaunt it. It was, uh, okay. I, had to, I had to do that. <laughs> and then, but the other thing I wanted to, to say as well is that you also have um, uh, informational series on, you know, one of the ones I enjoyed was you know, what happens if you inherit a, uh, right. a stamp collection or going to a, a stamp show or, or uh, best stamp tongs and tweezers and what do you call them and so there there's a lot to your to your channel rather than just stamps as well so uh, i want to let everyone know about that as what well, as well and what would you add to your collection what one stamp if you could add at no cost would you add uh, so if cost is not a limit if, if you were giving me two million dollars russ i would say that and and I had the ability to to bully somebody to actually sell their stamp and give it up. It would be the Blue Mauritius Post Office of uh, 1847. To me, there's there's some kind of exotic romance associated with this stamp that I absolutely love. The stamp was the first to be issued by a um, British 
colony uh, that was not, of course, in the UK. It was the first UK stamp that was outside the UK. Uh, and uh, it just has a history, and it's, it's, it's very crude. Uh, it's a very crude image of Queen Victoria uh, at the time. So it, it just has this um, thing about it that, that you, you just want one. There's only, I think there's only about seven or so of these, uh, or 12 in existence. The blue Mauritius, there's, there's about 10 of the orange ones, uh, and they, they're estimated to be about $2 million. I have a blue Mauritius post paid stamp that is torn and is considered to be a space filler. Uh, this stamp was issued after the post office stamp because they, they believe it was a mistake using the word post office instead of post, post paid. But uh, the stamp I have is considered to be a space filler, and I think that's wrong. I think this stamp, <laughs> I, don't, don't call it a space filler. This is a beautiful stamp on its own. It's torn, it's damaged, it's something you'd want. So I'm quite uh, I'm quite enamored by my own stamp there that's, that's post uh, you know post paid a, a defender to the end of that particular stamp aren't you Yeah absolutely <laughs> and and now we're going to get a little philosophical what do you see as the future of philately we know that you know that right now the collectors are older generations uh we're having you know, internships and we're having with the American Philatelic Society and is trying to sponsor and mentor young people interested in stamps. What do you see as the future of philately and stamp collecting? So I think philately and stamp collecting has tremendous potential. There's a lot of resources out there. Uh, there's a lot to learn from them. But I think that it would be irresponsible of us or we'd be putting our heads or burying our heads in the sand if we did not acknowledge the fact that stamp collecting and philately is at risk um, of slowly uh, disappearing. And that is because we, I think stamp collectors have fallen behind with the world of the internet. They were the first, they were the pioneers once eBay showed up. They were the first there to actually use a platform to sell directly to one another. But then something happened. The, the blogs that were being used stayed in an old internet format. Um, new things weren't tried. Why was my YouTube channel, the first YouTube channel, dedicated to stamp collecting and putting some effort behind it in 2016? That's a concern. So what you're doing, Russ, what I'm doing, and using uh, platforms such as Instagram, such as YouTube, um, putting podcasts out there, that is where the future is. It needs to be more of that uh, to get the attention, to, bring, to really highlight how beautiful stamp collecting is and how much you can learn from it. That's where the future is. So that's what I hope is that as a result of um, your podcast, your show, my show, that we're actually stimulating and uh, breathing some fresh life into the hobby right now. I agree. And when I was looking for podcasts to see what the competition would be out there, I couldn't find a current podcast dealing with stamp collecting. And so right. I'm like, I've got to do something about this. Even in my, you know, in my naivete, you know, of, of getting what what I know out there, it's just like we've got to do something because I think you're absolutely correct in that we need to engage younger people and find the romanticism back in stamp collecting, find the beauty back in stamp collecting and, and sharing with people that 
stamp collecting is accessible. It's probably one of the more accessible hobbies that you can have at this moment because it's, it's fairly inexpensive, and you can start at any point and start collecting anything. So uh, That's right, yeah. So what advice would you give to a starting out stamp collector or budding philatelist? I think, um, and I think a previous guest would, would, would echoing similar thoughts to what I'm about to say, is that first of all, start small. When I started and tried to collect the world, you kind of get drowned in stamps and you don't really have a focus and you can lose interest very quickly. Where you start to really appreciate the hobby is if you actually put a bit of a focus towards something, whether it's a country or a time, time period or a uh, topic, then you can really start to um, gain some familiarity with the type of stamps that you're working on, gain some good knowledge from it. Um, you, you start to really appreciate the hobby for what it's worth. So I would say that is one. And then the other is while there are traditionalists, out there that have a certain way to collect stamps that they've always that has been the way since day one I recommend that you collect the way you want to collect and don't be afraid to break the rules it's so uh, you can get very stuck in just putting stamps in an album and putting them away which is one thing on its own there are other ways to collect there are other people expressing themselves through stamps learning about stuff through stamps uh, I highly recommend figuring it out how you want to collect and do it that way. And and you have an episode on, on male art as well. There are so many different facets to stamps and using stamps and collecting stamps. I think you're absolutely right. And it's just find the way that you want to do it and just absolutely. do it. And, and, and enjoy yourself rather than trying to please someone else in, in that endeavor. Absolutely. Well, Graham, thank you so, so much. It was such a pleasure. I knew this was going to go fast. It, <laughs> and it was just, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a big fan. I was very happy that, that you agreed to be on the podcast, and it just it has absolutely made my day and made my week. So once again, thank you so much for appearing on the Looking at Stamps podcast. Absolutely, Russ. It's been an absolute pre uh, pleasure, and I've been so excited to actually talk with you this whole week since I knew I was going to be on your show. So thank you for thinking of me, and thank you for having me on your show. Thanks again, Graham. Have a great day and have a great weekend, and good luck with your next episode. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that is all the time we have for this week's episode. Feel free to follow Graham on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube under the Exploring Stamps profile and YouTube channel. To gain easy access to his videos, simply search Exploring Stamps and subscribe. The videos mentioned in this podcast include Operation Cornflakes, Season 3, Episode 16, Zeppelin Stamps, Season 3, Episode 3, Ceylon Tea Stamps, Season 3, Episode 2, and New York's World Fair Stamps, Season 3, Episode 1. The Ella Fitzgerald Series was Season 2, Episode 11. The Iceland Volcano Series was Season 2, Episode 1. And the Blue Mauritius Stamp was Season 1, Episode 3. And it all began, as he mentioned in the interview, with the Marianne French stamp, which appears in Season 1, Episode 1. As always, thanks for listening, and please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few moments. Until next week, bye-bye.